It's what we do, baby! This is Race Wars. Race Wars. I have the power! Yeah! How's it feel? With Kurt Metzger. You're out of your fucking mind, dude. And Sherrod Small. Saddle down, bitch. Race Wars. Race Wars, back, back in the building. Race Wars, back, back in the building. Oh, what a debate this week. Presidential debate. Oh, it was so... First of all, I just said it was... It, it was, was the worst uh, versus of all time. They needed some Patty LaBelle in there to get that <laughs> right. <laughs> they needed some uh, color or something, a woman or something on the screen. It's just three old white dudes talking about our future. Jesus Christ. It was disturbing. It was cringe. Every time Biden spoke, I held my breath to wait for him to end a sentence without collapsing. Because you thought he was going to say something racist. It's like watching an episode of Different Strokes and you just pray that Mr. Drummond don't say something racist and ruin the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, please, Mr. Drummond, just let Arnold handle it from this. A couple of what you're talking about Willis's and go to commercial. <laughs> Who do you but think yeah. won? Uh, I know who lost us, the yeah. Americans. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that right away, that we lost big time. But these are our choices. It's like they just showed Trump couldn't control himself. He First of all, it was so much overtalk, I thought it was an episode of Race Wars. <laughs> Unlistenable. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that's our thing, fucking assholes. <laughs> we do the talking over. <laughs> we scream, we scream, you don't scream, we scream. <laughs> but Trump uh, really just, you know, he couldn't control himself, he interrupted, it's like, okay. just imagine trying to talk to him without cameras and stuff around. Uh, if you, if that's how it is when cameras and a nine, 90 million people watching, yeah. imagine trying to go into office and talk reasonable with this fucking psychopath. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, he's a, worth a good laugh, but God damn it, he, he's, he's got to go, right? He has he's got to go. He's got to go. It and then he gave a big shout out. I did a peep that he gave a, a big shout out to the Proud Boys. <laughs> a a big national shout out. debate shout out. On a national debate shout out, I got to give a shout out to our boy Gavin McGinnis, who started the Proud Boys, who's I mean, a friend of Race know. Wars. He is. Yeah, he's been on Race <laughs> Wars before. He actually came in one time dressed as a woman. Remember, he came in in he a did. dress one time. He peed in a jar. Gavin, he just whipped his dick out. He did some iconic I, stuff. He's whipped his dick out. That's right. I've done a lot of TV with Gavin. We was on a red eye on Fox News for several years, Greg Gutfeld and all that. So right. I, I've known Gavin for a while. And I know Gavin is, you know, he's a loose cannon. He's a loose cannon, but he did start these proud boys. He actually started uh, one of the guys who started, what is the, the television, uh, uh, Vice. Vice but, television, yeah. and then, then those. They booted him out for being a. Yeah, they booted him out because, just like <laughs> everywhere Gavin goes, he wore out his welcome. <laughs> Immediately, they're not even done saying welcome before he's not welcome. They won't mention his name on there. I watched some of the debate on they're Vice, welcome. and they said they they mentioned the Proud Boys, and they said a former uh, founder of Vice TV also <laughs> founded the but they wouldn't say his name. <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's like Voldemort. Or That's something in Harry Potter. He made it. When you're banned, your name is banned. He must be like, so I must just jack off to that every day. The name that shall not be spoken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gabby. So we're going to try to get him back on the show so we can talk about, you know, his big shadow. And uh, what Trump said that he, this message to the Proud Boys was to stand back. Uh, stand, stand and stand by. Stand down, stand by. Stand by. Stand back said. and stand by. Like, wait for my word to set off some type of revolution. Trump is a mess. He is fucking. Mess. What are we doing? I mean, this was clearly like, it's like he couldn't denounce him. He didn't even, 
that he couldn't even denounce him. He just told him to stand by because I don't know if I'm going to need y'all or not. <laughs> well, you know, go, will you denounce him? He goes, sure. <laughs> he goes, sure. And then just no denouncing. Stand down. Stand by, he said. That's going to be like, they're going to, you know that Cardi B remix when she goes, coronavirus. Yeah. Remix that. <laughs> he, he fucking, first of all, <laughs> He uh, rebutted that like uh, Snoop Dogg explaining the Crips. <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't bang myself, but I'm friends with bangers. Them niggas still bang. I don't bang though. Right. So stand back and stand down. Stand, stand down, by. stand down, guys. Sure. But just in case I need you, Snoop will call the Crips quick, just like Trump will call the Proud Boys. They're gonna get these Proud Boys fucked up. That's what's gonna happen. These boys gonna uh, get themselves motherfucking mope out. Watch. Yep. They're a bunch of pussies, I gotta say. Let's introduce our guests. Okay, the guests are here. Let's, are they here? They're back? They're here? They're yeah, ready? We're here, we're here. Hi, guys. Let's see what their opinion is on this. So let's make sure they're voting, first of all, and uh, see what their voices are. Can uh, you guys introduce yourself and tell the people what you do? All right, well, my name is King Noir, and this I'm is... I'm Jasmine. And we are the co-owners of Royal Fetish Films, an award-winning adult entertainment company. Also. God damn it, King Noir, your voice already annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> it's <I> mean, great. <laughs> gravy, you know what I mean? It just flow. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm listening to WBLS. <laughs> you guys are so ASMR right now. <laughs> my spine is tingling. Now, you guys own a now, what'd you say now? You What you own? We own an award-winning uh, film company, adult film company. We also do kinky pop-up events all over the country, and we are dedicated to decolonizing Black minds, bodies, and souls through, you know, love and, and some freaky-ass kinky shit. <laughs> all right, now, that's right up my goddamn alley. I like this a lot. <laughs> now, you, so you guys are in the porn industry. Now, how long have you been in the porn industry? Collectively, 20 years. Wow. Okay, now are you guys married or a couple or brother and sister? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> not, not the brother and sister part, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But um, yeah, we've we've been in the industry collectively for 20 years, both in front of, behind the camera, and different different facets. From Jasmine was doing pole dancing instruction. I did erotic touch massages, danced at parties, danced at clubs. You know, we private cuck holding and BS, BDSM sessions. We do we do all the things. Now, were you doing We're that listening. separately, and then y'all can ran into each other? Because you're bound to run into each other if you're doing the same shit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. The mm -hmm. the universe made this union possible, you know what I mean? Just from just from doing all the shit that we was doing, we wound up connecting with one another. Now, where are you from? Where are you guys from originally? Originally from New York. And I'm originally born and raised. Okay. And you're from where? Jersey. From Jersey. All right. So y'all grew up in the area. You're tri-state people. Yeah, yeah. And now. now how how did your family feel about your, your your occupation and your careers? Did they are they supportive? Are they, you know, you got that uncle who's weird, <laughs> who got all your stuff, but but only whisper it to you. <laughs> weird uncles long before the industry, but yeah. <laughs> supportive. They love the fact that we are showing up as our full self. Um, they love the fact that we are able to sustain ourselves and our family and be a resource to our family. Um, so yeah, we are we are one of the very privileged um, couples in this industry that have the full support of our friends and family. Okay, that's great. Now, did you guys watch the debate last night? Yes. Unfortunately, we did. yeah. How'd you feel? Who do you think won the rap battle? 
I think I might vote. I might vote for the white dude. I'm not sure yet, though. <laughs> the choice that most people are rocking with right now, but I, I, I don't. It was it was horrific to watch, to be honest with you. You're right. Was yeah. What was disturbing about it? What didn't you like? I mean, the lack of civility. Number one. Uh, number two. You know. Um, one of them actually is the president and he's the one that's asking the other guy, like, why didn't you do anything about this pandemic? Right. Like, <laughs> to be doing something about this pandemic. That's your job. <laughs> <laughs> like, what and also just, just the, the level of, um, if somebody asks you a question and they're like, hey, you're gonna disavow racism? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, okay, do it. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you think he wasn't honest? He wasn't being honest about the uh, the racism part, like the uh, the white supremacy and the proud boy situation. Yeah, the other thing that's really problematic for me is that there we are seeing what happens when we enable people and when we don't hold people accountable. And in that space of a debate that has long-standing rules of how to moderate a debate. What yeah. the expectations are there was still enableism that was enabling that was happening in this very very clear um forum the moderator did not hold him to his agreement and we've been seeing this countless times where this person is enabled and not held accountable and and so that was really bothersome the whole time yeah. i was waiting for um dave Chappelle to play that wrap-up music like yo wrap it up wrap it up Maybe like Chris Wallace was the wrong dude for, cause, I mean, God bless him. He, Wallace had a hard job last night trying to keep Trump yeah. under control. Ask Mel uh, Melania how hard that shit is. Yeah. But maybe they need like Samuel L. Jackson or somebody like that to fucking moderate. Yeah, if, if Samuel L. Jackson was there, they both would have had like three word answers each. That shit would have been on point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe there's the wrong moderator. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think the other thing is like, just, just as Jasmine said, the enabling of it is in American society, like to me, Trump is the exact definition of what white privilege is. The loudest white man is going to get the floor. And even yeah. if the loud ass white man is wrong, is not making any sense, is lying, just on the fact that he's a white man, people are like, oh shit, we might, we got to hear him out. Like we shouldn't have heard him out four years ago. He started but off some racist but, and people let him run. But usually there's a saying that the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Yeah. So he's just being squeaky. He knows how to do it. I don't care if you're black or white. If you squeak, that's how it works. He's getting rich off that oil. You right. You right. <laughs> do you think he's going to win? Uh, honestly, I think even if the ballots have Biden winning, even if Trump actually decides to leave, like he's still gonna win in the sense that he has disrupted American yeah. politics for generations and generations to come. And he's disrupted it in the sense that helps adversaries to this country and helps racists and white supremacists across the board. So he, he did his job of what they needed him to do to fuck this whole shit up. But didn't he, can you give him credit too for exposing just politicians? And because he pulled up a lot of Republican skirts before he got to the presidency. I don't know if he did that. He just insulted them. He didn't, I've never really seen him do something where he was like, hey, you took this money from this company, which made you, right. or which made you sell out. Like all of them on the Republican side are taking money from the NRA to just let people continue to die. 
Um, he's, he's trying to get in bed with Big Pharma right now to pass out maybe a vaccine or at least get more money. And he himself is completely compromised from the $400 million that he owes. You know, so it's, I don't see him as really pulling up skirts or exposing nobody. He just insults people and then people run with the insult. But he hasn't really exposed anything within it because he's brought, but, brought people into the government. Right. But he knows how to run the, he knows how to get through this media and he knows how to put on a show for the voters because the voters, he still got voted in. So it's like Cruz, Ted Cruz, and all these longtime Mitt Romney, all these longtime Republicans who you thought ran the Republican Party got pushed out the way when Trump came through. I, listen, politicians ain't my favorite people in the world, but I like when they get disrupted on, on both sides of the aisle. I don't give a fuck. But I like when they get shook up because they ain't really been doing their job either. No, nah, for sure. I, I, I think especially with, with what we've seen from, from both sides of how they even just try to run the government like they are all tied to something else. And as long yeah. as they're and as long as they're tied to something else other than the American people, mm -hmm. people yeah. continue to get fucked by, by well, all of them. Well, I, I think I think that's something that's important to put this into perspective of what we think winning is or what we think their job is and should be. We're looking at this from very different lenses. We're looking at this as, as citizens who want our government to serve us in a particular way, they are looking at the government as a business in which they profit and benefit off of. So from that perspective, they have done their job. From a winning perspective, he has won already. You know, us thinking like the prize is this well-oiled running government that looks <laughs> out for its people is, is sort of naive on our end. Um, and to think that they've been disrupted or their skirt has been lifted and they've been exposed it's like, you can't expose me for something that I am definitely willing, like willingly doing. And, and, and like, I'm dedicating my career to making sure my family and my people get rich. Like, you know, we have very different goals in this race, I think. I know, but here's the thing too with Trump. I thought like we would never have uh, anybody from New York as the president because New York is so corrupted when it comes to politicians and everybody's on the take. That's why Hillary Clinton came here and easily won that seat because everybody got out the way because they didn't want to go to jail and get exposed and go to jail. And some of them still did go to jail after she got here. So that's why I thought nobody from New York would ever be president. And it took somebody who wasn't a politician from New York to become president because he didn't owe these motherfuckers money, owe the whole, that whole system of politics, politicians' money like everybody else does to upstate and downstate in New York. Well, he owes somebody so, money. He owes somebody $400 million. He, we don't right. even know who he owes that to. He could owe Russia. He could owe, we don't, we don't even know. Someone but it's a, it's a big, right. To the tune of 400 million. Can you imagine if someone just had you buy the balls and the balls were worth $400 million? But could you imagine if he was always in public office and owe that? Because we have that too. We have politicians that were in the state who owed $40 million. 80 million. Ooh. If you really, but that's because they, like Alphonse D'Amato, who went to prison in New York because he got out the way. He was the senator. He got out the way of Hillary because they were crooked and on the take. Yeah. All of them. So at least his take wasn't, well, he was working for us. A lot of these politicians owe money too, and they was working for us while they did it. <laughs> that's dirtier. That's dirtier. 
It's dirtier. I think it's so dirty. He didn't want us to know that he owed that money. We still don't know who he owes it to. We don't actually know why he makes the decision he makes. Obviously, it's for him, but we don't know how much of that is because he's scared shitless over this impossible debt. You know, his businesses don't make money. His businesses just hemorrhage money. And all the money he made was from... Uh, apprentice and like branding steaks and stuff and now no one buys that he's got no money coming in nobody's buying his shit no one wants he's not the businessman he's not the businessman everybody listen trump's father left him 400 million dollars if he would have left that money alone and let's live off the interest he'll be worth more money now than he he is fucking around with it yeah if he'd never ain't that something dollar he was the businessman that they that like everybody believed that he was some kind of businessman but what billionaire you know sells motherfucking Serta mattresses. <laughs> Every single box, <laughs> any products, it's like, I own this Tesla. You know what I'm saying? Or I own Amazon. This motherfucker out there selling milkshakes and shit. And <laughs> like, he's a billionaire. Nah, B. Like, I don't understand why anybody... <laughs> is- it's carnival. It's carnival shit. But, you know... It's- so, but the racism part is like, the way he can't fucking address... Uh, uh, the racist and the racism and a systematic racism is kind of disturbing. Now we did want to touch on because I know you guys are addressing that in your own um, in your own uh, what do you call it field, mm-hmm. right? Because I know it's a lot of racism in porn. Some of it's my favorite stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh oh. <laughs> don't get don't come down on me what I like. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm very interested to learn. I'd love to to hear what you like, Sherrod. Oh, I'm into a lot of stuff, a lot of hashtags, and I got to put a lot of slashes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're not going out because I put like MILFs, then slash Asian, then slash can take a punch. <laughs> uh, what does it mean? What does it mean then to decolonize porn? Mm-hmm. So first we have to identify what, what porn, how porn is a microcosm of the larger society. I think... Yeah. You know, something that um, we see often is that people get their primary source of education about sex from porn. Mm -hmm. And when stereotypes are perpetuated in porn, like the same stereotypes that we see out out in the open, some of the ones that were talked about last night on on our great debate stage, um, when those stereotypes are (laughs) entertainment, especially entertainment that has no regulation, Mm-hmm. no standards, um, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. We, we really find ourselves in a position where people are taking this on as their beliefs for the people that they're watching, right? So um, we see a lot of these negative narratives and stereotypes being perpetuated through porn is when this is people's primary source of education, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and people's primary source of entertainment, intimate entertainment when we start to look at decolonizing it is what would this look like if it wasn't made through the white male, straight white male gaze? What would a lot of things in our world look like if it wasn't sold through, marketed through, um, driven into the ground by the white straight male's gaze? And so my sex certainly wouldn't look like what um, Sherrod's fetish is, as, uh, <laughs> as a Filipino, Panamanian, American, Black woman that... That's uh, up my alley. That's up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot, a lot of fetish play. 
but my sex would look like what that means for me. It would be able to be boxed right. the way that I want myself represented. Um, and, and we see this in so many forms of entertainment. So in all of our institutions, honestly, it's like we don't see representation that is true to the people that are being marketed to yeah. and or, you know, or, or are the marketing um, or are used in the marketing. So yeah. what do you think, right. how, how are black people represented in porn that you think is like really racist and problematic? What's for one, we get paid less. We get paid less for one. Right. You go. That's what, what's the message people are getting out of this porn that's, you know, like reinforcing all the stereotypes? Yeah. Okay, so if you look at some major sites, like let's take Blacked, for example, just the terminology Blacked, that if you as a white woman sleep with a Black man, you now have a mark on you, like some kind of scarlet letter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they burn an R in your cheek. <laughs> and then um, if, you, if you look at another site, um, it's called Blacked Patrol, where it's two white women who run around and beat up Black people and abuse them and... Wow them dressed as police officers. Oh, uh, the police and, officer checks. Yeah, I watched that. And then, so like, you think about the effect that that has on people that then after you, you, you're in this state of euphoria, busting a nut, and you think, oh, it's not really that bad for them. You know what I'm saying? They come after, or they, they say it's cool. And then you look on the news and it's black folk getting fucked up by the police. You know, you don't want to then feel like, oh, well, you know, I watch it and jerk off. So I don't even want to address this shit in the real world because that's my fantasy, you know? So it, it keeps perpetuating a cycle. And when you think of what decolonizing is, decolonizing is what were we before white people told us what we were, right? In regards to how the industry works, they say, as a black man, we have certain jobs for you. Like dog fart is going to make you dress up like you're an inmate for a gangbang or not even show your face as a man. Like all you are as a black man is a penis, right? And that's how we used to be bought and sold on the auction block. Or that's how we used to be put into, uh, you know, some certain black folk would be on uh, plantations that were specifically for breeding as if we were animals. Yeah. So we don't have a face, we don't have a brain, we aren't able to express passion, love, or different fetishes and kinks in a way where we're not the fetish or kink. Because to say that black is your fetish, that means that a entire race of people is your fetish. A person can't be a fetish. A fetish is an act. But do, you think, right. uh, do you think that it's actually possible to take all that out of porn? Because porn is so, like, explores the taboo and, like, part of what's hot about certain kinds of porn, like, stuff you would never do in your real life, stuff that's not hot in real life, like, you know, like, rape fantasies. Actual rape is horrible. It's not hot. But the fantasy is so appealing. That's, that's such a great point that you bring up. I think it's important if the people who are making the pornography that, that pushes the edge, that pushes the taboo, are the ones that are impacted by that taboo, then that's right. I do think that, that um, survivors of, of rape and sexual assault can find healing in, fan, in directing a fantasy that they can take control over. I definitely feel like Black people can participate in race play and fetishization if they are directing that narrative and it is and they're being represented in a way that makes them feel whole. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think we can take things out of porn that are other people making this narrative and pushing something that is really not through the lens of the person that's represented. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I, let me just take it one step. Just being a woman, like. 
I, I do. I, I would prefer that men learn about, or people learn about sex outside of watching women being objectified and abused in porn. And I hope that you would feel the same way yeah. that, you know, that yeah. there's certainly space for all kinds of fantasies and, you know, pushing taboos and things of that sort. But I also want to know that the people are actually being treated well, compensated and have a say in the art that's being created. Well, ain't that, ain't that more about the creators? Because I speak to a lot of porn people, white and black, on the show. And um, just like a lot of porn women, a lot of women say, uh, yeah, they got tired of that shit. They started producing and creating their own stuff. So it's like they ain't waiting for the industry to change. They're just doing it themselves. So is that the same with the black? Should black people just start making their own content and not waiting for somebody else to uh, hire writers to write it right for us? You got That's it. why we're here. You, you know it. what I'm saying? And and I think like kind of addressing the word taboo, a fetish that might be taboo or an idea sexually that is taboo. But if you're saying it's taboo to have sex with uh, people of Asian descent or black people or whatever for white people to do so, then is putting that's degrading to everybody else. It's not taboo to have sex between humans because that's what humans do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right you start saying it's taboo or it's taboo for white people to be with other people that automatically makes people lesser because you say why is it taboo well because they're different well why are they different and if you look at american uh american history it's because they feel that we're lesser as so as what if the taboo was like age difference like older woman younger guy is that a good taboo or what if it's like religion like orthodox and a christian that's taboo, but these people are still the same. It's still, they're still human beings, but you can still pick up on the differences of these people and make that a thing, right? Absolutely. I mean, like just like you said with MILF, I mean, there is uh, a certain idea when, it's, when you're a younger, a younger person and being like, wow, that person is maybe more experienced or more traveled in the world or whatever the case, or, you know, they're just, their bodies are more mature than mine at a certain age between, you know, as long as it's legal, you feel me? Right. So like they're, you look at it and you have a certain uh, part of you that's just inquisitive about that, right? But you're not, MILF porn isn't presented like this older woman or this older man is less than a human being, you know? Right, I agree, yeah. When it comes to, to race play, it is presented that way. And kind of like talking about religion, for example, um, I'm not a, I'm not a Catholic, right? So I won't be able to make a film that involves Catholic, uh, kind of play in a full understanding. Like I'm gonna leave that to Catholics because you will have a different kind of feel and respect or disrespect, but you went through that shit. You know what I'm saying? There's a different kind of thing, but if you look at it belongs to you. certain amount of porn that came out, if, for example, about Muslim women in hijabs, right? They went so far to disrespect it, and none of those people were on set to say like, hey, this might be disrespectful to a group of people who have no say in this industry. So that's where it does kind of draw a line. Right, so what do you say about like the, like the Muslim porn that comes from Muslim people? Is that cool? That's, that's their thing. They thing, do your thing. But I, can, I saw some that came from Muslims that was much more brutal than the stuff that I've seen through the white man's gaze. That's, that, that, that's kind of like getting into like, what about black on black crime? No, 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 I'm just saying. So, so what you do in it don't matter. It's just it, who's doing it. 
as long as it's consensual, all the people got their money for it, all the people said that I'm okay with these acts that were performed and not performed or whatever, then it's okay because these are consenting adults that are there making they making they they uh they art, you know. Let me let me also get into I'm so sorry. No, let me good. let me get into the business of it as well. If you are going to make fun of or if you're going to make money off of my pain, if you're going to make money like l let me in on that check. That's right. happening. That's probably those Muslim people that used to think that they did some terrible, that, that money stayed right in, in that. In the neighborhood. In the, okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. So who owns black? Who owns black? White A people. A white person. No! <laughs> Mama, no! <laughs> oh, no. It's like when I found out Hot 97 was owned by crackers. <laughs> Well, that's why you got to come over to Royal Fetish Films, man. We can feel good. Royal Fetish. So, I, can I ask you something? So, do you think that kink in general is more taboo in the Black community than it is outside of it? I think it has been because for a very long time, we've been told what our sexuality is. You know, and we've basically been told what our sexuality is, what our love is, what all of all of our entire existence is shaped through the framework of how white people want us to see ourselves. Going back to media, going back to the plantation, going back through all of these things. So we're told we're supposed to be devout to white Jesus and we are supposed to have oh. our own our own relationship in one kind of way and that was enforced through buck breaking on the plantation which means you know white people used to rape everybody women yeah. men, men children, children gangs, cows, and the dog them. walked funny what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the truth things that would go from plantation to plantation hoping that they would find a slave that was out of pocket to the to the master or the overseer so they can join in a gang rape right so when when we think of kink though you think that people have been doing kinky shit for only a couple hundred years when people have been here for millions and our societies existed in Africa for millions of years? Yeah, it's porn on the walls of in Egypt. On a, in a, uh, in a, yeah, it's porn. they got porn. They made those hand paintings in the caves. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Caves of Europe in Africa, there were things that were similar to floggers. They were um, fertility gods and goddesses. That were, there were different relationships. There was polyamory. There was yeah, yeah. consider transgender people to this day. Um, yeah. There were people of all different spectrums of gender and relationships in the continent of Africa long before uh, European civilization moved in the direction that it that it did that we know today. Mm -hmm. So you know. Our sexuality, though, just like our religion, our history, our everything, was cut off from us when we were when we were forced to come here. Because in order to in order to keep people uh, subjugated, you have to keep them uh, you have to keep them in the dark about who they are. So yeah. that's doing with decolonizing our sexuality and our relationships and our gender uh, ideas. Yeah, it's like what they did to RoboCop. They didn't want RoboCop to know his past. They wanted to control him. Exactly. Thank you. See, you ain't over so much science in Robocop. <laughs> he was woke. Who's your audience that you're, wait, sorry, Jasmine, go ahead. Oh, people will ask often, like, you know, like, what, like, of all the different areas that we, we both work in. So, 
um, not only do we do porn, but King is a, uh, a musician and also a human rights activist. I'm a clinical therapist. And so of all the work that we do, people will ask like, why do you want to decolonize porn? Like leave porn alone. Like that's just, do you know how many millions of people watch porn? All of them. Everybody I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody watches it. And, and, and yeah, it's supposed to be for 18 and up. The average age that a child starts to access porn in this country right now is nine years old. So, wow. I got around 12, 13. I have to find it the old fashioned way in the backyard in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're a little bit before the smartphones, right? So, and, the, and now. Oh yeah, a little bit. <laughs> now, I was back in Egypt jerking off to the hieroglyphics. <laughs> My dad. <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's a big industry, and it, it, it you know listen, it affects all aspects of life. Everybody that you know, seen it before, or watching it currently. Uh -huh. So if we can if we can make some inroads in helping people see themselves represented, helping people access who they can be, who they really are, the full range of kink, sex, sexuality, uh, without shame and stigma, and we can normalize it by having these conversations, I'm cool with starting the revolution in porn. So is the problem not having enough of the good stuff produced by the same, like, people that look like that, or is it, because is it room for both things, if you got enough positive porn, if you will? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of like saying, like, is it okay that some of us of color have made it, even though like our brothers and sisters, our cousins and our people are struggling. Like, nah, it's not okay. There's no balance that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. But I, they can come, they could come over to producing their own stuff or a lot of people saying, listen, it's an easy check this way. It's a bigger check this way. If they already got control of the industry, how do you get your piece of the pie without getting pushed out or, you know, just, you know, outpaid? I mean, it's the same thing, I'm sure, as, as the comedy industry is in the sense of at a certain point, you had to do things one way. But because of the internet now, you could be funny on Instagram and blow up and be on stage. Right. People have already known you for five years, right? Right, right. Had to have your start doing the circuit. You know, it's the same kind of thing in porn. People find their favorite, their favorite performers now from OnlyFans or Twitter, right. whatever. Yeah. So they might not have to go through these studios. And that's one of the things that we're trying to work to empower um, fellow performers of color. Like, you know, this is how you can build an audience. This is how you can build a fan base. This is right. how you your own content without having to say, you know what? I'll take a check for somebody to call me, you know, out my name in a movie. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So it's kind of like working now in the way of like, you are the commodity. You are what is making these companies rich. They're not getting rich based on themselves. No one wants to see those motherfuckers behind the camera. They want to see the people in front of the camera. So no right. worth and actually get your worth. So what do you say to like big names like Lex Steele and dudes like that? Uh, Mark, Mr. Marcus, these guys have been in the industry for a long time. They make the big money and it's hard for men to make money in porn. So these guys are not only black, but making big money and been in the industry for a long time. What do you say to them? Well, I say to them, I'm so glad that they're becoming a part of this conversation because like Lexington still was recently a part of the Exodus panel talking about exactly what we're talking about this now. And they had been talking about it for quite a, a, long, a, a time. long time. Yeah, yeah. Those outlets like King was just talking about to be able to make 
other content to be, to be able to make things that they can feel proud about. Like nothing's an easy check if that shit makes you feel bad later. You know what I mean? Like the money's yeah. long gone, but you know, like, damn, I didn't want to do this and shit. And this shit's out there forever. forever you know? Right. All of those, you know, people have had to make for sure hard decisions. We, we all, I've had to perm my hair to go to a job for many, many years. Like we always have to make these kind of sacrifices to right. make and exist in this country but at some point and we're at that point where you can speak out because you you have like they've made the big dollars they got the name now you know and now Lexingtonsville can very confidently speak out about the racist uh, experiences that he had in the industry where he wasn't able to speak out about it before yeah something had come out recently where they I forget if it was either um Lexington Steel or um Oh, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, my mind's drawing a blank. But it was Prince, a, is it Prince? I know all them guys. <laughs> it was, no, actually, for Prince, it was like uh, it was like an AVN conversation from like the mid to late '90s. And okay. From Michaels, and he okay. was about about the 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 racism in porn, like how white women would charge more to work with a black man. Yes, exactly. The '90s, they were talking about it. So you know, the the major performers either have spoken out about it, and some of them. You know, both uh, men and women got blacklisted for it at certain points. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, kind of like pushed to the side, like you know how it'd be like, oh, we want to work with somebody that'll play ball. You know what I mean? So yeah, people have been speaking up about it. People have known about it. It's just now, you know, we do have these other outlets that are empowering, you know, people of color and also just empowering everybody in the industry to not have to make that bullshit. So how, right. much, how much money is there, though, in decolonizing porn? Like, do you find that you're, like, cornering this niche market and you're, like, and there's a lot of people flocking to it that have been, like, not served? Or is this, like, a, like a labor of love kind of thing? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's great. It's taking very good care of us. Um, to be able to help liberate our, our people and also help liberate white people. Like y'all shouldn't have to, you know, watch things that that are not good for your psyche either or that help you perpetuate, you know, negative stereotypes about people unconsciously because this is what you're being fed. Right. So no, it there it is very lucrative to put out quality sex entertainment and sex education. And part of the things that we faced prior to, like when King and I entered the industry, um, as a couple 10 years ago, we, you know, we, 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 how do you say it? We pitched the ideas that we had and companies were like, oh, like people don't, don't want to buy that. You know, people, are, it's hard to market a black man that is of your complexion. Oh, you know, people are not going to want to work with a woman that wants to speak like this on film. Um, what? <laughs> why? You guys are smoking hot. What do you, how is that possible? Well, again, when you're talking about a person who wants to only push a certain, certain thing, yeah, you don't fit the thing. You don't fit the blackness that they want you to be. We don't so fit let me the stereotype of blackness that they want us to be in the porn, right? Right in the industry. So we we actually decided, like, no, we'll we'll do our own thing, and we did, and we have not missed the meal since. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's actually people do want to see quality people do want to see black people in a full range of their humanity and people actually want to feel good about what they fuck to yeah so what is this like y'all movies are like uh loving basketball but with fucking <laughs> we, we do um <laughs> <laughs> who's birdie is it a birdie in <laughs> we do, we do a range of films like we do stuff that is everything from hardcore uh fetish and bdsm 
to, to more romantic and passionate and everything in between. Like, that's the thing that, that it's about is that there is, first of all, if you fuck the same way twice, you're doing it wrong. You know what I'm saying? So we try that's to- That's what my grandmother said. <laughs> So right. <laughs> she like a good time, man. She like a good time. <laughs> right, you get bored right away. You're t- like everyone has sex ADD. Like, don't fuck me the same way twice, goddammit. Switch it up. You're watching the same fucking porn on loop. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> it's, the, it's the same thing. It's kind of like a copycat industry in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Somebody says, "Oh, that's making money over there." I'm gonna yeah. try to make it just like that. But what we want to do is highlight the diversity of sex across the board, you know? uh, We work with people from all backgrounds, from all places, of all ethnicities, of all races, of all religions, and show people what they wanna do on camera. So like, let's just say y'all were like, yo, we trying to shoot this scene with Royal Fetish and you already told us what your fantasies are or what you enjoy already, that's what you're gonna see on the camera. We're not gonna pull somebody and be like, hey, I don't care what you like to do, you're here for a double. Right, okay, yeah. And then you know, at it and you see nobody in the enjoying actual it. shoot is enjoying what's happening or there's no passion or, you know, I personally like to know when I'm watching a scene that everybody there is like, yo, this is how I like to get my fuck on and everybody here, this is what we do. So that shit is amazing. Like it's beautiful because they creative, they feeling it, they having a good time. And that's what our films are. So like, if you want to see something that's along the lines of like some crazy hardcore BDSM, or you want to see something that's like, yo, I just want to see people that really want to just kiss through each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got all that shit. I like a little BDSM <laughs> and a lot of NCIS. <laughs> <laughs> so it somebody is. like, so you guys are doing the super inclusive, like race positive thing. If somebody ripped off your idea and this started popping up and like there were other races or whatever doing like Asian people are like we're gonna make Asian inclusive porn and whatever would you be like oh you guys are ripping us off or would you be like yes we're starting a movement yes how can we support you work one of the things that King and I are doing um through one of the legs of our company is doing just that helping companies do career development helping people put out their content in a way that showcases their skills, showcases who they are. We're doing a lot of diversity consulting with other companies and helping them figure out where they're going wrong, um, what things they may be pushing out that are not in alignment with their values. So for us, we're already on record as doing this shit and doing it well. Anybody that comes after, we're here to support them. Now, what do you say to like, uh, because I watch African porn before, ain't no white people with their hands on it over there. And uh, a lot of it's low quality. <laughs> a lot of it's like, turn the light on in here. I can't see anything. <laughs> it would be very... So the thing is with uh, a lot of porn that's produced in Africa specifically is it's illegal in the country where they're doing it. So they might not be uh, either going through proper testing routes or they might not be, you know, they might be doing it on some guerrilla style shit. Like if we turn on the lights, the military is going to kick down the door and arrest everybody on set. Right. You know what I'm saying? So... And then if, if you're talking about other places in, in, excuse me, other spots in Africa, especially South Africa, you know, those are still white people that run. Oh, those are white people. Yeah, I ain't confused by that. <laughs> I know the boars when I see them. I know the boars. <laughs> and we, you know what, I think that, I think you, you raised an important part, just to make sure when we talked about like all of these, like, you know, the mu- Muslims making porn that's, you know, specific and for them, 
people in Africa making low quality porn and all this other kind of stuff. I think it's important that we all over all of this, it needs to be consensual. Everybody that is in that in in that scene on that set needs to want to be there doing a consensual. Yeah. And it does need to be produced legally. So and of age. And, yeah, and of age. And plus once once you get out of like the Western countries, all the porn somewhere else, nobody no women are running that. It's all men. It's all men. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these girls, it's like, but even in America, you see, you can put in crackhead porn and it'll pop up on Pornhub. Ain't nobody following no rules or no sexual rules there. You see motherfuckers going bareback in a crackhead. And that's on Pornhub. <laughs> this conversation that we're having with consumers of porn, like, this is so important. Because if the, if the industry is running amok, I'm going to then, you know, we'll, in one end, we hold the industry accountable. On the other end, I hold you as a consumer accountable you should be feeling like I don't want to watch someone being exploited. I don't want to watch yeah. someone being degraded without their consent. So we actually do have a moral responsibility as adults yeah. to not engage yeah. just because. I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I'll never look like, uh, watched it where it looks like, okay, is this a crime or what am I watching? Because right. sometimes it looks criminal. And plus, since we've started race wars maybe like six, seven years ago, we've had a lot of porn like Blaney's brought on a, a lot of uh, people in the industry on the show. So just because I know these people now, they're my friends and I interact with them. I feel like I'm stealing money out of their pocket when I'm watching shit yeah. and not paying for it. I hate feeling guilty. I feel guilty enough with my dick in my hand. Now I got to feel guilty about not paying for it. <laughs> your dick belongs in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Both hands would be nice. <laughs> from the fact that some people like watching porn that doesn't feel consensual. Like, there's a whole market for that. There's, like, a whole market for pe- like people. Right, but some stuff look like it really ain't. Some stuff look like it ain't acting. Some people want to watch evidence <laughs> of a crime. <laughs> <laughs> you know it? Like, that gets them off. Yeah, I get that. There's a thing called consensual, non-consensual porn. That's my jam. You know? Right. That's- Thing. That's your jam. But sometimes you can tell. I mean, if the best actors were in porn, everybody be doing it, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, that that you like that. We're not trying to shame that at all. But there are companies that are doing that ethically. Yeah. Right. Kings.com. Anything that looks like consent that is consensual, non-consensual porn. If you really want to, you can look at the pre-interviews, the exit interviews. Yeah. You yeah. Have to find these people. You don't have to go to crack, Crackhead Alley to go say like. <laughs> We're here. You can make sure that we're okay. So okay. <laughs> Which one? The Dreams of Somnophilia. Oh yeah, you can watch Dreams of Somnophilia, where where it appears that King is is entering me non consensually while I'm asleep. But you what's can- the name of this? I love that. Dreams of Somnophilia. Yeah, that's our that's our scene called Dreams we'll, of we'll Somnophilia. Share. We got you. share that with us. Yeah, Kings of Something. I heard. <laughs> you would get to see um as us talking getting ready for that scene and, and right so we can be ethical consumers of porn we can do it yeah we can i agree i agree i got better with it as i you know i became friends with all these people right because i don't want them out of fucking getting bootleg comedy somewhere yeah right <laughs> kids do you have children do you like ever talk to kids because honestly people start watching porn so young and that might be the time to get them Younger now, yeah. So young. People get addicted to porn by like 10. They got more access. They got more access to it now with phones and internet and smartphones. We didn't have the shit in our palm of our hand, but we could find it as teenagers. But now they got even more access. So you got to be 
real uh, do y'all talk about talk to kids about it we do we have three children of our own 19 nice. 16 and 2 um we run a page called 19 mm-hmm. no y'all look good to the mother what <laughs> Holy shit. Y'all need to sell moisturizer, motherfucker. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> what? <laughs> we definitely, um, we have been, before COVID, we were touring colleges, talking to young adults about consensual sex, how to differentiate between what you're seeing in porn and reality. Um, yeah. Do, we do teach, we actually teach with yeah. our older daughter, um, and we put out to the public how you can be a sex positive parent. Yeah. And nice. Especially when it comes to working with parents, just as you said, you know, we didn't have access to certain things when we were that age. So it's like a lot of parents might not even know what to look for when it comes to their kids and what they're getting access to. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're talking to, to parents to prepare them to prepare their kids, you know, because like, like uh, Jasmine said, we have a two-year-old. So we're right. making sure from this young age that he's not going to have that shame in, in regards to his body, but also... Right. He needs to know the proper terminology to use and all of these other things so that way he can be safe in the world as well. Like it's not, you know, porn is definitely out there and, and it's and it's not right for kids to be engaged in it. But there are also tutorial people out there as well that our kids need to be educated on all these things around them. Because, you know, if you are on any of these sites, people can message you on these sites. Yeah. You know, yeah. how, how are you, we preparing our kids to also be safe in all of these areas as well? Yeah, definitely in the black community, we get real taboo about sex and shit. You know, a lot of times you don't have anybody to go to unless it's in school or older sibling. They'd be like this, yeah, fuck pussy. And they'd be like, all right. <laughs> but it's like we don't have access. Do you think that's good? Like you see people like Candy Barris. She's coming out with all her, with her sex line and she's trying to educate some people just to not feel so taboo about being an adult with sex. What do you think about that? Absolutely. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed about when it's consensual adults. And we always say, as long as you leave kids, animals, and people who say no or don't have the ability to say no out of that shit, rock the fuck out. You yeah. know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> we need t-shirts that say that. Yeah, you guys need merch. <laughs> I need merch. It's definitely like, um, if we're afraid to talk to our children about it, then our children are going to be afraid to talk to us about any kind uh -huh. of situation. If they say right. shame around uh -huh. it, you know, and that's why I say it's so important to equip our kids with the right terminology, because there are some laws across this country that if something does, uh, hopefully does not happen, but if something does happen to, to our children and they don't use the correct terminology, there are loopholes for sick fucking people to get yeah. prosecution for that. Yeah, yeah. A lifetime of shame like people internalize that so young and it fucks them up forever because you just like what you like because what's hot is just what's hot to you and if you have that like cancer inside you of being ashamed of actually who you are like what you like sexually is like deep and it's just part of who you are and like i know people who have like a self-loathing about it it's so tragic because it's like beautiful you know like honestly sex even like dirty down and dirty whatever is like art to me yeah for sure the people who loathe about it are called catholics uh karen <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to just bring something up that that you raised about with with children something that's important to us is to center pleasure um, and this kind of goes back to decolonization of porn as well. When, when you brought up how we're taught about sex um, and, it, and it carries on through generation, like 
the only thing that we get a lot of times in our um, in our culture around sex is like, don't get pregnant, don't get anybody pregnant, right? And don't get a VD, yeah, don't get a, any disease. Yeah. Where yeah. where sex is centered around procreation. Well, when you think about the colonization of our sex, our sex was only in this country for, for procreation. For procreation to be the yeah. to make more slaves. Yeah. yeah. So that that framework hasn't really ended when you think about how educate and put fear in our children. It's around procreation, not pleasure based sex. Yeah, we work really hard to make sure that pleasure is the center of sex um, and sex education, not fear, because that's when when we're afraid is when we do things, you know, and when we're ashamed is when we do things in secret. Well, do you That's think right. that blowback from the black community? If you're like, I don't know if you guys showcase like black um, gay porn. Like, do you ever get blowback from the community being like, we don't do yeah, that? Yeah, does the black church, does the church come after you about your porn because you got gays in it? <laughs> Our porn. Yeah, <laughs> they love us. We've done, we've done events for church ladies yep. before. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh. Um, really, Jasmine and I, when we first started doing our fantasy flight parties, our primary uh, audience, our primary patrons was black women between the ages of 25 and 45. Okay. And most of those black women that will also be in church and when they were, had a husbands that was probably deacons coming through to the joints, they were all saying, why is black porn so racist? Why is black porn so bad? You know, why does yeah. it underfunded and shit? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> why don't y'all like we're here why don't y'all do something you know and and we were we are here because of the black community that was saying yeah. like we need more we need better because there are so many and and this goes from black folks in the church to black folks that's you know yoruba in the mosque whatever yeah. where they're just like we're not represented so like we we've, we've done scenes where jasmine has like worn her head wrap or i wear you know like i got carry shells tatted around my neck you know so like yeah. seeing things that they relate to in our culture mm-hmm. and they see things that they relate to in in our love even off screen you know and we also try to be super inclusive of the lgbtqia community whether it's other tra- trans performers or have highlighting scenes that are lesbian scenes or whatever the case is people want to see because they feel included with what we do and we're not pushing other people away and trying to be like, that's not us. Because all of it is us, all of it is who we are and all of it is part of the black experience and just part of the world. And, And you know, like a lot of times people say the black community, but the black community is many communities. Black people are people, you know, it's humanity. Yeah. there are so many different pockets and, and ideas and ideologies across the board. I'm sure there are a couple people that might not fuck with it, but they just are people who don't like good porn. You know what I'm saying? It's, it might not have to do with their color, you know? But you know, here's another fun thing about being a porn performer and being able to speak out about other aspects of sex, sexuality, and porn is that in order for someone to tell us that they don't like what we're doing, it means that they have to have seen it. So Right. Um, you know, for like <laughs> leaders of the church or, you know, some of these uh, conservative people who, who maybe would have these kind of attitudes, they would actually have to admit something that they have been so adamantly against to yeah. be with us. So yeah. w- you watch it and have an opinion in order for you to share it, you have to face the fact that Could you, you imagine it. that the preacher, yes. that part where you squirt <laughs> <laughs> booty hole. That is <laughs> I had to rewind that four times. I was so outraged. 
Everybody's freaks. I was so mad I came. <laughs> I'm furious with you guys. I've come five times. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so where can people find uh, find your stuff? Find all the, the movies and the, the porn? So royalfetishxxx.com. Uh, you can find us both on OnlyFans slash Jet Set Jasmine or at King Noir, K-I-N-G-N-O-I-R-E. Jet Setting Jasmine on Instagram, The Real King Noir on Instagram. I mean, if you honestly, if you put in my name. I think I might follow you already. <laughs> it might pop up. I want to, um, I also want to say, if anyone listens to this podcast and feels triggered or feels high levels of shame um, and, and needs to kind Oh, they're of used to it. It's race wars. They're used to that feeling. <laughs> I want to give this to your audience as well. They can also look up bluepearltherapy.org. I am a clinical therapist. Very, very obviously comfortable talking about all of the things that we talked about on today's podcast in the safe space. And I just want to offer that as well. Because some of the stuff that we talked about, like you said, you know, this is people's deep, deep who they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, struggling with that when you're repressing things within yourself, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. So yeah. the help that you need. Can you, repeat your think, yeah. Can you repeat your website and the porn website? Yes. BluePearlTherapy.org. And RoyalFetishXXX.com. Got it. And we'll include those in the links in the, on the YouTube um, channel as well. Yeah, that was great. That was really uh, informative. And uh, I'm glad y'all fighting a good fight for black porn. I mean, black porn matters. Shit. It do. And, and it got to be uh, for us, by us. There you go. Fubu Not porn. the white man putting pieces together. <laughs> no, the white man enjoys it as well. <laughs> the white man can't <laughs> wait to check this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, uh, directors of my own porn now. It's going to be, uh, yeah, so it's going to be black done because it's me. It's going to be, um, I'm going to recreate that bitch Amy Cooper in a Central Park line on that Black Bird Watcher. <laughs> and then it's a gangbang situation. How's that for Black Points? Love it. I love it. I, I can't wait to be on that set. Yes. Classic, <laughs> Classic bird watching. <laughs> whole genre of birding. Uh, the thing is, where can I get a red canary? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to thank you guys for coming on. It's really been a great show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you, too. Thank you. Uh, Karen, want to do some pluggy plugs? I'd love to. Um, hit me up, Karen Margolis, uh, K-E-R-E-N-M-A-R-G-O-L-I-S, on all the social. Uh, check out Two Black Guys with Good Credit and uh, Nerdgasm on Compound Media, coming right up. And check out our YouTube. We post the videos every Thursday. And you can check everybody out, include their contact, include your links. So you can check us out, leave a comment, tell us what you think. That's right. And don't forget Small Bowl on Apple Music and Spotify. That's comedy podcast, comedy sports podcast. And next week, guess what? Your boy's on Barstool, big Barstool the week next week. Uh, we're taking over everything. So catch me on Barstool on the KFC show next Tuesday. I'll share the info on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. Yeah, everything's happening. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Race Wars in the building. White daughter, get us out of here. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.